0: So we're jumping into a series for this whole month as we look at Easter and we approach the way that Jesus lived. We're looking at this idea that love does. Many of you have probably read the book, very popular book, by uh, a great guy named Bob Goff. Uh, His title is Love Does. Uh, We're going to look a little bit differently than the way that his book looks at it, but if you're interested in that book, uh, it's a great resource to pick up. It's not our book of the month or anything like that, but just this idea of love does. What's interesting about uh, the word love in the English language is um, we use it for funny things. Like many of us in here would say, we love coffee, but it's the same word that we use when we describe our kids. I love my kids, but you don't love your kids the same way you love your coffee, At least I hope not, right? Or I love uh, the Michigan Wolverines. I love the Michigan Wolverines, but I don't love them the way that I love my kids. Uh, But we use the same word love. There's like not tears to the way that we say love. We just, we say love. But love is very much an action word. If you say that you love something, it should cause you to respond. Love does. Are you with me? Uh, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God so loved he took action he did something we use this word love well I love God and and I love my community and I love my neighbor if you so love you take action if you so love, it causes you to do something and live it out. Amen. Are you with me? Jesus, if we're to be like God, which the scripture says we are as Christians, we're to be like him in his likeness, to live like Jesus. We're Christ's followers. When someone looks at you as a Christian, they look at you as a Christian. You're a Christ type. Then if he's so loved, he caused him to take action because love does the result of love was maximum sacrifice. If we love God, if we love our community, if we love our neighbor, the doing in that is maximum effort. Are you with me? And I think what we miss in Christian culture is we like the books about blessed life, we like to give because we think we, you know, then automatically get, you know, God has this slot machine of if I get this and then I do this. And we, we like the bless me part of it. But the love God, the maximum sacrifice to live the John 3:16 life that God modeled for us is to be a love that does. Are you with me? And the scripture says this, that he so loved the world. It didn't say he so loved the Christian He so loved the church. He so loved the this. He said everybody, the whole thing, the sinner, the atheist, the unbeliever, the person you're mad at, the person you have unforgiveness. He so loved them, he took action. It was our sins that put him on the cross and caused this to be lived out in his life. And he so loved them That he took that kind of action. Our love should cause us to react for everyone. Do something for everybody. Are you with me? Because our love causes us to action. He so much so means this that John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If what? If you love one another. Not if you have a good idea, not if you have a good tweet, not if you know how to say a few things about scriptures. If you have love for one another that causes you to do something about it, to get out and make a difference. You can come to church and you can tip God and you can put Christian on your profile, but to truly be a disciple is to be somebody who has action to their love. And so we gotta be those kinds of people. If we're gonna be known as Christ followers and Christians, Christians, we gotta be people who are love and action. We're doing something about it. We're making a difference, amen? You live for what you love. You live for what you love. Uh, My kids, the way that I work, the way that I think, the way that I educate myself, the way that I pattern my life, the way that I live is because of my love for them. And in my marriage and in my career, in my calling and all of those things, those things that I love causes me to live a certain way, right? You live for what you love. So it's pretty easy for us to look at our life and say, well, how am I living? What are some of the things that I'm doing? There's three ways to tell what you love. The first thing is in your witness. What do you talk about? What are you witnessing about? If I were to take somebody who didn't know you and introduce them to you and they were to watch you or, or witness you or look at your social media or look at your, uh, are you witnessing about the things that you love? Well, most of us put up pictures of our kids and, and we witness about our sports teams and our vacations and all of the things that we do, but do we witness about our love for God? Our relationship with God, and I'm not saying you need to go on there and put on cliche and, you know, put up all the, you know, we've seen like church culture make it weird, right? But I'm just saying if someone took a look at our life, would we be known as a disciple for our love for one of another and our love in our community? Are you with me? So one is our witness. Do we talk about it? Do we share it with people? Uh, We've been talking in last month's series that in modern culture, uh, Christian culture, people only witness or share their faith or share their gospel one time a year with somebody else. Well, then we're not witnessing, we're not inviting. I hope we bring people to Easter. I hope we bring people to church. Why? Because it's a way that we show our love for God is that we witness. Are you with me? And number two, uh, another way that you can tell what you love is where you put your wealth, where you put your money. Uh, I've heard it said like this, show me your bank statement and I'll show you what you love. And I'm not opposed to people having nice things and spending money on stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, if, if, if God is blessing you and in, in you're living, there should be fruit in your life, right, amen? But if I were to take a look at your bank statement, uh, I could show you what you love, recreation, hobbies, maybe our homes, our cars, our things. And again, God is not against blessing as long as our love for him is first right? The scripture even says it this way, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Where you put your money proves where your heart is and where your love is. And again, I'm not opposed to having nice things, but uh, what the scripture tells us is that God's got to be first. Seek him first. That's why when we tithe, it's saying, God, my love for you is first. Here's my first 10%. Why? Because my love for you is first. Uh, Number three, way that you can tell what you love, is in your time, is in your time. Uh, Show me your calendar and I'll show you what you love. It's easy to take a look at what we love when we take a look at our calendar. You know, so you spend time on, on this and we spend time on this and we all have jobs and we all have things. But if we prioritize recreation and we prioritize hobby and fun and all of these things above God, then how can we say that we love God? Amen, are you with me? For God so loved the world he took action to live that out. Same thing in our lives. If we confess that we love God and we're Christ followers, and we, then we should take action in putting the love of God and our love for God first in our life. Are you with me? You spend time in the presence of what you love, right? You spend time in the presence of what you love. If you love to golf, you golf. If you love to do this, you do it. And all those things are fine but you spend time in the presence of what you love. Your kids, your family, your wife, whatever, grandkids, all that stuff. You spend your time in the presence of what you love. Why? Because that's how it works. If you love it, you want to be with it. Therefore, as Christians, as Christ followers, our devotion time should be a big part of what we do. You spend time with what you love. We need to make priority. Uh, love does. Love does. So it causes us to action, to be devoted to spending time with God who we love. The house of God. You spend time with what you love. This church, your church, wherever you participate, the house of God coming together with your brother and sister should be something that you do. Amen. You spend time with what you love. Let's love our brother and sister and come together as scripture calls us to. Serving in the house of God as I believe a way that we show action to our love. We come in and we sacrifice and we lay down our time and our schedules and we serve and we come in and we participate in the house of God and we give back to others in the way that we serve. Amen. God is calling us to action. And what's amazing about that is not only is God calling us to action, calling our love to action, but he equips it and empowers us to do it. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And then says this, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to be with the Father. As a matter of fact, if you read on in the scripture, Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. He says, listen, I'm going to go be with, with my Father and what I'm going to do up there is I'm going to be watching over my word. I'm going to be paying attention to you guys. And I'm going to be interceding with the Father. We're going to be having conversations about the things that you're doing. And I'm going to make sure on your behalf that these things come to pass. Go on and read it. I mean, he's saying, he's saying, look, all these things that I've done, you're going to be able to go and do greater things because I'm going to go be with the Father and I'm going to be intercede. I'm going to be working with you on these things. Well, what are the things that he did? He, he healed people. He, he, he turned blind people's eyes to sight. He raised those from the dead. And he's saying, look, all these things you've been seeing me do, you can go do. So not only is he saying, look, I want, you know, we need to live in a way that love does, but I've equipped you to be able to make sure that when you're doing that it happens. We're totally equipped. We're not missing any pieces. And yet we stay in these bubbles as as Christians and Christ followers, and we, we stay held back and we stay reserved as if, as if like we don't have the authority or we can't do it. No, if we love it and we then go out and take action because you have Jesus who's saying, look, you can do it, do more than me, go do it. We can do it. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, one of my favorite Bible verses, and some of you, if you've been with us for some time, have heard me uh, even preach on it, it's the story of the disciples are out on the boat and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And uh, when they're on the boat, they're in a storm and there's these waves, <coughs> excuse me. And the scripture says uh, that they're afraid. So they're on the boat, they're afraid of the storm. And then Jesus pulls this thing where he walks up to them on the water. And the scripture says that they go from being afraid of the storm to be even, even more afraid, because they're afraid he's a ghost and all this kind of stuff. And Peter has this amazing response in Matthew 14, 28. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. So he understands that if that's my God, if that's Jesus, if that's whom I love, I'm going to do all that it takes. Love does. I'm going to go to where he is no matter what it looks like. I want to be in the presence of that instead of this. Are you with me? So what's amazing about this story is if you think about all the other miracles, they make sense. Well, of course, he prayed for a dead man. Of course, he prayed for the deaf ear and the leper and those things. Those make sense. But this miracle in the Bible, this story in the Bible doesn't make sense. There's no reason for Peter to get out of a boat and decide to go walk on water other than love does. And he wanted to be where Jesus was. What an amazing testimony about Peter to say, I don't want to stay in this little bubble in the boat and be a boat Christian and be a little, he says, no, I want to go where God is because my love causes me to do where Jesus' action is. Does that make sense? He had an understanding that a life with God requires action. And he didn't see walking water as opposition. He saw it as opportunity for more, to do the miraculous. Everyone loves miracles, but you can't have a miracle without facing the impossible. We all say we want to change the world and make a difference and do all this kind of stuff, but that requires us to do something, to face the impossible, to walk across the hall and witness to somebody. Are you with me? We all want the miracles, but we have to learn to get comfortable in the action of it. Amen? I I thought about this. The scripture says, in the last days... I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, meaning you're going to get him emptied out. You're going to get all of it. We're fully equipped in these days. So we need to be Stop being Christians who just live in the boat. Oh, that's, I don't know, ghost, Jesus, I don't know all that. I can't let my love call me into action. I'm going to stay here in this boat. God's calling us to take action. When you think about most of the Moments where God changed your life or made a difference or made a big impact in your life. Many of us, it comes through something we struggled in. It comes through something that we didn't like the situation. We didn't like the scenario. Uh, You've heard church cliches say, uh, we've gone, we got our message through the mess. You get your message through the mess. Our testimony comes through our tests. Our greatest testimonies come from our greatest moments of test. Well, what was the test? The test was you had, to, you had to prove, you had to do something, you had to trust God, you had to use your faith, you had to believe it, it caused you into action. Are you with me? You can't have victory without an enemy. So we have oppositions that we get to overcome. We have actions that we get to take to see God bless us and deliver us and his hand guide us, amen? You can't have a comeback without a setback. There's things that happen to us that we get to stand in the love of God and our faith and we get to move forward in our actions, amen? There are two kinds of people, boatheads, people who just like to stay in the boat and just enjoy the thing, or there's people who wanna be water walkers, People who say, look, I'm not just gonna stay stuck in the same old and just have a a slice of God and a portion of God, just be okay with a little bit of this as long as everything stays smooth. There's some people that say, no, I'm gonna go to where God is. I want total action. I want love to cause me to do something. Are you with me? The boat represents comfortable and familiar and common and essentially something that you're still in control of to be people who, who use our love to go walk out on water is saying, God, I'm tro- totally surrendering to your way and your will, amen? And God doesn't call us out and call us into action because he wants to embarrass us or, or to hold us down. or to, No, God calls us out of things because those are the places that he empowers us. Scripture says, Jesus went into the wilderness and was tested, but then left there empowered Anytime we trust God and we step out in action, that's where God empowers us. Amen? Jesus doesn't criticize people who try. The world does. Religion even does. Sometimes the church does. And a trap of the enemy is that we listen to that. God calls you into action. You're so motivated in your love to make a difference in your community that you wanna start a ministry, or you wanna serve, or you wanna take a step out, you wanna use that love to cause you to take action, and then somebody starts talking about you. And And then here comes the criticism. Jesus doesn't criticize those who try. We'll talk about Peter here in a minute. The world does, haters do. I mean, it's my favorite thing in ministry. Anytime we start something new, and we're trying to do something, and, and God's moving, and we're starting to do a new work, here come a couple of haters. So I get to do, oh, what do we got here? Couple of haters, couple of haters. Go get the hater aid. We got load up today. Because here's what I've learned in ministry. The more I walk with God, it's so much more important for me to care about what God thinks than some clown thinks. And most of the time people hate on you is because they're jealous that you have the faith and the will to step out and do something that they're unwilling to do. <laughs> Most of the time people are hating on you is because they aren't willing to give what you're willing to give. And so they're going to try to pull you back down to their level. It's more important that we listen to God and not the haters. What do we got here? A couple of haters. <laughs> you with me? And you almost have to joke about it. Oh, here come a couple of more haters, but they're, but they're not going to take what God designed for me. Are you with me? And so, and so that happens here. I imagine Peter walks out on water. He love does. He's he's going out to God, and there's the haters in the boat, and they're saying, "Oh, Peter, what are you doing? What gives you the right to go do that? What makes you think that you can tell Jesus to, you know, ask Jesus if you can come out there? What's wrong? He's Jesus. You're not. You." And he would have missed to be the only person who's walked on water, Jesus and Peter, if he listened to the haters he wouldn't have that are you with me complaining is the language of unbelief faith is praise and praise and positivity and life giving that's the language of faith don't let the complainers steal from you what god has designed for you amen and so i thought about this there's a story where jesus also a boat story where there's waves and there's the, and jesus Wakes up, they wake up Jesus and he comes up and he calms the wave and the scripture says immediately the boat goes in, 21 miles, immediately. He, I mean instantly he takes it to shore. So that means that Jesus could have got from where he was immediately to their boat. What I'm trying to say is he didn't need to walk on water. He could have just showed up to them. So there was a reason in Jesus' mind Why he immediately, or why he chose to walk on water instead of immediately, what was he trying to say? I believe that he was showing them, hey, the waves and the wind and the storm, that thing that you're scared of, look at me, I have this under my feet. Look at me as your savior, I can handle all of this. But then not only does he want you to know that he's got it under his feet, he then says to Peter, hey, you can have it under your feet too. Come out with me, I'll show you that you can handle this too. That same message is for you today. Whatever storm, whatever waves, whatever thing is holding you back from taking action, Jesus is saying to you today, no, I got that under my feet. Matter of fact, not only, not only do I, but you can get it under your feet too if you just let love cause you to take action. Are you with me? Jesus, your biggest problems, your future, your kids, bills, all the things you stress about, God's got that covered. Are you with me? I'll close with this. Peter did sink right? He sank. The scripture uh, says he gets out there. The scripture says he takes his eyes off Jesus, and he sinks. What we see here is the circumstances causes Peter. He takes a look around. He surveys things, and those circumstances caused him to take his eyes off the thing that he loved and the reason he was taking action, and he sank, the love that motivates us to do, we have to stay focused on. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, stay focused on your priority, Jesus. Stay focused on the mission. Stay focused on the thing God called you to. He called you to lead a family a certain way. He called you to lead a marriage, a business. He called you to lead those things a certain way. Don't let the waves and the distractions, don't let those take them off the thing that you need to stay focused on. Love called you into action. Stay focused on the one who you love. Are you with me? So the waves and the up and down caused him to sink. And what I love is this. Jesus immediately walks up to him and reaches out his hand and calls him back up. And he says it to him. He says this to him. He doesn't criticize. He says, oh, Peter, why did you doubt? Meaning it like this, like, oh, Peter, come on, man. You're better than that. Like, why did you doubt? You had it. Have you ever said that to somebody you're teaching? Like, oh, why'd you give up? You had it. You had it. It wasn't a negative, it was a belief. Like, oh, why did you, why did you? Man, I believed you had it, man, you were there. And he pulls them back up and the scripture says they walk side by side back to the boat. Because when your love calls you into action, even if you do sink, Jesus is there to pick you up and say, let's keep going, I'm still with you. Scripture says that he is your ever present help in trouble. He's right there. He's not an old Bible story. He's not just an old thing. He's your ever present help in a time of trouble. Take action. Go out in the world and take action. Let your love cause you to do something to make a difference. Are you with me? Then the scripture says this the scripture says, for the first time when they got in the boat, it's the first time the disciples acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. Before then, they said, Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say this and this. But they said, you're the Messiah. Why? Because they saw Jesus do something in somebody ordinary that they said, man, he must be the son of God because look what he did in their life. This has all got to be real. When we trust God and our love calls us into action, it's going to show the world that this is the real deal. When the world sees us do the miraculous, when the world sees us supernaturally taken care of and provided for and our needs met through God. The world's gonna be, I want some of that. That's, that's gotta be the real deal. That's why it's important for us to put our love in action because then the world is watching and goes, wow, that's the real deal. They don't just talk about it. They just don't tweet about it. They live it. That's the real deal. I just saw it. Are you with me?